Hello and good morning and welcome. You're listening to another Plotting Shed podcast. This is Rachel McCartane. I hope you're having a lovely day. This morning is absolutely glorious and I'm stuck inside sitting here talking to you. But hey ho, I'll go and get outside and go and have a walk on the beach a little bit later on. Now I haven't podcast much uh, in the last week or so because basically I was watching the Chelsea Flower Show. And I thought I would actually sort of sit there and take a little time to review what the Chelsea Flower Show had done this year in my own mind, so that when I sit down and talk to you about it, I've worked out what we can do and what you can do in your gardens to actually change and create a better garden. Now, I actually will will be uh, very honest here and say I've never actually visited the Chelsea Flower Show, primarily because I haven't wanted to. I have never felt that it's been relevant to the type of garden that I could create or that I wanted to create. Um, It was far too much about show and it was far too much about creating this sort of haute couture, if you want to to, to use the analogy of the fashion world. It was like the Milan fashion show, the Paris fashion show or New York. The clothes that were worn on the catwalk by these models were never going to be anything I can wear. They're never going to be anything I can fit into. So I didn't think it was ever particularly relevant. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't find the gardens impressive. It doesn't mean that I didn't like some of the things that they were doing. It's just that there was no way that the show gardens or very many of the gardens could be reproduced outside the Chelsea Flower Show. Now, one of my big bugbears about flower shows is the fact that what they do is they create this very unreal world. You know, you see plants being put together that simply will never grow together normally. Um, And the average gardener walks around and then sees colour combinations and plant combinations and think that they will work together. I mean, I went to the Hampton Court Flower Show last year and there was a a heuchera next to a catenus and I and both were very similar sized and I sort of thought well that's ridiculous because in four years time the heuchera is still going to be is only be two or three times as big as that plant but the catenus next to it is going to be a giant it's going to be eight to ten feet tall and I disagree with giving an impression to ordinary less expert gardeners that these combinations will work so aside from that I was sitting there and I was watching the Chelsea Flower Show avidly because this year it was different and I was so pleased that actually finally things are different but now we've got to start putting that into our gardens and seeing what we can do. So what what changed this year? What was what was the overriding principle this year at the Chelsea Flower Show? Well probably to encapsulate the whole thing it was to say that you know we have gardens and we put plants in the gardens to to emulate the natural world to create our own little part of nature in our backyard or our back garden and this year for the first time the only separation between the natural world outside our garden and the natural world inside the garden was the fence Everything inside the gardens, bar one, really represented the natural world, which really is liberating for the average gardener because it no longer means that you have to have 
borders that sort of display things or you have to have a lawn or you have to have seating areas and you have to in certain places and you have to you know we have to have plants around the edges it was very much that actually for the first time humans are not the primary reason for having the garden it is not there for our enjoyment what they were trying to do this year was to say the show what is on show what we should be showing off in the gardens is nature itself and so if we create this environment and this natural looking planting scheme with lots of different bits here there and everywhere there was nothing really structured it was all designed to look very natural and loose and free but the real idea behind it was that we actually go and sit in nature the show is nature itself it's not about showing off the plants in the garden it is what your garden does it is how much benefit it brings the outside world that is itself the show so at last gone were these massive exuberant structures instead we saw lots more structures that were made with recycled or just bits of the garden that you might have had that you've created and, and reused in the garden in a different way it was much more muted the colors were more muted well muted in the sense that they were more natural looking colors we didn't have this garish bright brash display of artificial looking colors colors you simply don't see in nature we don't see peach and apricot flowers naturally occurring very often those are all genetically introduced by humans so the color palette in the garden represented what the wildlife outside our gardens would find very normal and so every garden that was on show and on display at chelsea this year was basically saying if you put the right plants and the right environment in your garden nature will come and that will create a much more interesting, vibrant, beautiful, calming space to be that will enhance our well-being. Now, I know this all sounds very sort of prosaic, but the whole idea of a garden is for us to be outside and enjoy nature. Yet, over the last few decades, gardens have become very divorced from nature. You know, we have these rigid boundaries, we have rigid shapes and structures, we have lawns in the middle and narrow borders down the ends and down the edges. And we try and display our success in colour and, and objects and patios and hard landscaping and big perfect lawns. And that's not really what a garden is, that's just a display. What a garden is, is actually bringing nature to your back door. It's enabling you to walk out and see what the world can do in the most convenient space you have, which is 10 feet outside your sitting room. And so it was great this year that Chelsea started to buy into this, to, to release the average gardener from the sort of the doctrine of what a normal garden should be and say to them that actually a garden the only definition of a garden is the fact that it brings plants and nature together in a space close to your home. That's all it is. 
And that's great because it now means that when you're trying to create a garden at home or if you want to change your garden, you can free your mind up. You don't have to have big wide lawns. You don't have to have these sorts of showy plants and showy trees. You can. You don't have to have brand new patios or hard landscaping. It's not about projecting our influence on nature. It's about allowing nature to come in and we just sit there and watch it. And that's far more enjoyable. So in terms of looking at gardening and what you can do in your backyard or your back garden, the most important thing to, that I suppose that the, the cultural change that we need to start to put in place is that historically we've always tried to create a space where our children can get out and play or where we can sit outside and we feel that we have space. And we do that by creating a lawn and we put plants around the edges because there's this sort of misconception that if I create a large lawn it makes me feel as though I'm in the outside world more, I've got more space around me. But actually what we're doing is we're creating a goldfish bowl. If you sit and think about it, you're putting all the plants around the edges and we create this big open space in the middle that we sort of wander around in that's viewed from everywhere. There's nothing in it. It's an empty space. And if you think now, most modern gardens are getting much smaller. There's less space for children really to run around and play. The, the gardens simply aren't big enough. I mean, if you put a small swing in, a, in, a, in an average modern garden, it takes up a significant proportion of it. And so the children can't really play in the same way that we might have done as, as children decades ago when gardens were that much bigger. We could actually kick a football down the end of the garden and it wouldn't hit the fence in half a second. So we've got to change what we think about the garden, how we're going to create the garden. And this is what Chelsea's done this year, is it's gone back and it said, OK, if you have a small garden, what is more interesting? Allowing the children to roll around on the, on the lawn, or maybe, maybe you need to change your thought process a bit and actually say, what can we bring of nature into the garden that your children can watch and that you can watch together? And that must be more interesting. So gardens are no longer a place to display flowers. Gardens are no longer a place where you have a lawn and we, we aspire to the, the traditions of the 1950s, really. Gardens should now be places where children can go out and explore in the safety of your backyard, the small environment. And your goal is to make that as interesting and as developmental as possible. And it's not just children that will benefit, you will as well. I mean, if you're sitting in the garden and you've got a little area with your table and chairs that you can sit out in and you're surrounded by plants and you can sit there and watch a bee on a flower or a butterfly or you might see dragonflies flying in, that's going to give you a much better feeling and a much better sense of well-being than you would if you just sat there on a on a hard patio with a nice table and chairs and nothing else happens around you. So this is all about creating the sense that we are part of the world. And a garden no longer has to has to be defined by what people have traditionally thought, which is a lawn and borders and beds and everything else. It's all in together. All you really need to do is have somewhere nice to sit. And that can be 
in any part of the garden and it doesn't have to be a massive area that, that's really hard. You, you want to be surrounded by nature and this is what all the gardeners there have done. We go in to our back garden to watch the world. We don't go into our back garden to show off the world that we think should be created. So it's great and I'm, I'm delighted that, that this is now the sea change that has been happening. But there is a problem <clears throat> and that is that although the flower shows are starting to push this trend and the world at large, you know, we've all become more interested in climate change and, and really much more interested in, in how the small changes that we make can have a massive impact collectively. So we're all buying into this, but unfortunately business hasn't caught up with that yet. And it's disappointing because if you go into a garden centre, and let's face it, that's where the vast majority of people buy their plants for the garden. Garden centres are still packed full of what can only be described as the single-use plastic bottle of the horticultural world, which are bedding plants and disposable plant displays. You know, we've all seen them. We walk into the garden centre and it's hanging basket season and there they are, hundreds upon hundreds of cheap hanging baskets with plastic liners filled with compost with a collection of brightly coloured, garish coloured plants in them. Or there are aisle upon aisle with polystyrene trays full of... Uh, bedding plants all ready to be put in your gardens with big plastic labels and compost and you put them in and you know they're these tiny little sweeties basically that have blobbed in the garden all the way through and what do we do with plants after three six months or the hanging baskets or the plasticized wicker hanging baskets that people get or the cheap plastic pots that they they put planted displays in that people sit on the patio they get chucked away. The plants die because they were never meant to live very long and we throw them away. Although we are trying to recreate and change what our gardens are doing, the horticulture industry is still stuck in the past and selling things in order to fulfil their sales models because they want you to come back and buy more of the same next year and the year after and the year after. And to be honest, that cycle's got to stop. But we can do something about it because we've changed how supermarkets display their produce. There's now far more uh, pressure applied to supermarkets to get rid of plastics and unnecessary packaging and the unnecessary displays of, of stuff. You know, we get home and we unwrap the bag of apples and we chuck the bag away. So we're changing and we're making supermarkets change because we're changing our buying habits. And this is what we've got to do for garden centres as well. As consumers, we have to change our buying habits. So you need to think when you go into the, the garden centre that if you're buying a plant for the garden, what's it going to do? Is that plant going to add value to your garden? Will it bring nature in? Or will it just be like a sort of a, a brightly coloured display that doesn't do much that you chuck away? Now, I'm not advocating don't buy bedding plants at all. There's, there's a place for some of them. You know, they are nice and that's fine. But we need to change garden centres to say, 
sell us things that are going to help nature come into our garden far more. And the sterile bedding plants that have no pollen and no nectar for insects simply don't do that. So we don't want to buy them anymore. We want to buy plants that will last for more than one season, that will attract wildlife in. So we can develop this little enclave in our own back garden that is nature. And after all, as I said at the beginning, that the change is coming as to redefining what a garden is. And we should no longer be thinking nature is, is outside our garden. The only barrier between the natural world outside your garden and the natural world inside your garden is the fence. There should be no difference because that way we provide an environment for our wildlife and our insects and you get a better garden. You get a garden that looks good and it does good and it is good and it feels good. And if Chelsea can keep up this momentum and really start to drive the change forward, that will be amazing. But we've got to drive the consumer change forward. So think before you buy the bedding plants and think about whether there is a better alternative. Because I think what Chelsea did this year is the start of something really, really good. Because it means that we can all garden in a much better and more sustainable and more enjoyable way. Anyway, thank you for listening. You've been listening to another Plotting Shed broadcast by Rachel McCartane. Much of the information and articles that I talk about in, in Plotting Shed are on our website, which is plantplots.com. If you have any questions or if you'd like to raise a subject that you'd like to have discussed on the Plotting Shed, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com. You can donate to the website, buy us a coffee, which will be much appreciated. It just helps keep producing information that I know you're all listening to. Um, I was delighted the other day just to actually sort of say I, I, I went on my Pinterest and I had th over 300,000 impressions on my Pinterest in 90 days. I'm up to 100,000 views, over 100,000 views on the website now. So we're really starting to build... Um, a, a base of people who are buying into the ideas that we're trying to create for modern gardening. Have a look at the website. Do email me, rachel at plantplots.com. I'll put another podcast on in about a week or so. I'm going to do them, try to do them once a week now. And I look forward to hearing from you. Do go out and enjoy your gardens. Do look at the insects that you're having. Don't regard any insect as a problem. Everything has to eat something. Everything has to live somewhere. Let's enjoy watching nature live in our garden. Thanks for listening.